You know, Tyler did such a great job at, uh, at his last Sunday's message. And I was asking him, saying, hey, you know, Tyler, I wanted to end up mentioning something about how well you did. And he goes, you know what? Our message got deleted because we didn't have internet connection. So the good news is, is that there is a repeat. Uh, Tyler said that he's going to be doing that down at CTK, uh, where, downtown? So, uh, you know, for those that missed it, hey, it's, uh, it's going to be back. So, uh, hey, good morning. It's good to be here. Uh, the first reading, uh, Evan, if you could put that up, uh, that would be great. We're going to talk about discernment today. Big, churchy word. And uh, here's the... Uh, the reading for today, we do have it. Okay, and it's the same that Tyler had used. Do not, and it's from Paul, and he's talking to Romans um, in the community there, and he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So in the reading today, I want to talk about the one word, discern. Not a common day word, sounds more churchy than what we use in everyday language. To discern means to figure out what God wants us to do. We ask the question to ourselves all the time, what is God's will for my life? Where am I going? What does God want me to do? How do we know? How do we find out? It's not easy. When we're in high school, where do I go to college? What am I going to study? What's my career? When we're past college or our first job learning a new trade, maybe we're still trying to get out of our parents' house. We ask God about picking a spouse. Is he the one? Is she the one? Something new or surprising comes up in life. Maybe you got laid off or need to find a new job. Maybe it's a job offer to take you to a new city. Or maybe it's approaching the second half of your life where we asked about a second career or where to spend our retirement years. We're going to move close to our children or grandchildren. Our Heavenly Father blesses us with the spiritual gift of discernment to help us through these big decisions. Now, whatever it is, God gives us this spiritual gift of discernment. St. Ignatius of Loyola, who was credited with coming up with some guidelines for the discernment of spirits, clearly, St. Ignatius did not invent the discernment of spirits. There is a long tradition of God that goes, or of discerning God's will, that goes back to the Hebrew scriptures and continues through the Christian scriptures. St. Ignatius was born in 1491, Christopher Columbus, into a family of middle nobility and became a courtier. Now the definition of a courtier is an attendant in the court of a king or queen, someone who flatters or kisses up to gain favor. Now there's a career. Ignatius was quite the party guy uh, before the, his conversion. A key moment leading up to his conversion occurred when he was hit by a cannonball. While in recovery for his shattered leg, he spent part of his time daydreaming about future courtly adventures. 
The other part of his time was reading the life of Christ. And when he dreamt about serving God, he noticed his joy and concluded over time that God was calling him to do great things in the service of God as the saints he read about. Discernment of spirits takes us on an exciting adventure. When we give up control and take risks to follow God's lead, not knowing where we will end up with the attitudes of openness, generosity, and inner freedom, life is a lot more fun and exciting than when we try to control everything ourselves. We need to trust that God is not going to lead us off a cliff. It is important that we remember that God is a loving God who wants us to be happy and is going to lead us to a good place where we will find joy, fulfillment, and happiness. So here's how it all works according to Scripture. Faith requires trusting that something is true which leads to obedience and ultimately leads to action. A life of faith is ultimately one of obedience and action, which brings us to the story of Abraham, a man who refused to play small with his life. Now, the story of Abraham in Genesis, where the Lord said, go from your country and your people and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and your name make great so that you will be a blessing. So here's Abraham living pretty comfortably with his family. He's got wealth. He's got respect in the community. The country is not at war. Hey, he's doing pretty well. And the Lord approaches him and asks him to move everything to a place he doesn't know. I think we all agree that Abraham showed tremendous faith to leave that I would call a good life to head out to some unknown place. Throughout Abraham's life, God would speak to him and guide him. And when Abraham took a left turn going down to Egypt when he shouldn't have, and then declaring Sarah as his sister, God got him back on track. Doesn't that sound so much like us when we sometimes make decisions without thinking it through? Fast forward, Abraham and Sarah, who are elderly, are blessed with a son, Isaac. Abraham had received the promise of birthing a nation through his firstborn son, and God is asking him now to give him up. We are amazed at Abraham's faith, and in the end, Abraham is blessed. So here's that all works according to Scripture. Faith requires trusting that something is true, which leads to obedience, and again, leads to action. Faith doesn't just happen in your head, it happens to your entire being. I think this is what Martin Luther King uh, meant when he said, faith is taking the first step even though you can't see the whole staircase. So when we begin to think of our own lives, I think we have to ask ourselves, am I trusting God? Am I putting my faith in him to lead me or am I playing it safe? Have our dreams of a full life been hijacked by society's view rather than God's. 
while it sometimes seems that God delights in telling people to do disruptive things with their lives, the bigger issues, I think, is that our imaginations have all been hijacked by society, and we're all pursuing the same dreams. Part of the problem is, our, is that our society has defined success in a very narrow way. We all want to be famous. We all want to live in a nice house in a great neighborhood with a great car. We want to look amazing. We want to be able to drink and be merry at fancy restaurants. We want a vacation at expensive places. We want to retire early with lots of cash on hand. Now here's the problem with that. There's a lot of underwhelmed people who have achieved all of the above. Living in Seattle, working for Microsoft and other companies during the peak of the technology boom, there were many people who had achieved culture success that were unhappy and not enjoying life. So what's going on here? They've achieved our culture success that may well be the life that God has for someone, but there's billions of us on us, this planet, and scripture teaches us that God has a unique plan and purpose for each of us. I'm guilty that I was following society's track. Monique and I were living in Seattle, working at Microsoft and being part of the tech scene. But it was finally what we saw from business colleagues and from our own children coming back from school asking what kind of new car, perhaps a BMW, when they turned of driving age that helped us say, hey, let's get off this roller coaster, and we moved away. Maybe God, when God calls us to something new, he isn't so much calling us to do insane things. Maybe he's calling us to be our authentic selves in a culture full of people who are just chasing the same thing. Maybe this is what Paul meant when he wrote, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. You know, take it from an older guy on the backside at 29, there is much joy and peace when you finally figure out who you really are and start to do what you're created to do with all of your special talents and gifts. Not to say that life gets easier, but maybe I suggest it's time that we let God, rather than our culture, define success for us. As followers of Jesus, we can define success as success is obedience to God, empowered by the Spirit of God, motivated by love for God, and directed toward the advancement of the kingdom of God. Try fitting that on a coffee mug. <laughs> you know, in short, a simpler way of saying this is kingdom success is discerning what God wants you to do for his kingdom. Now, for many of us, I'm sure the big question is, uh, living, is living out Jesus' success for my life. I don't know how to get there. I want to be obedient, but how do I discern what God wants me to actually do with my life? So this morning, I want to take a, make a couple of points and offer an imperfect roadmap for making major decision, decisions in your life as a follower of Jesus. I want to be clear to you, this is major decisions. 
This is not like these five questions I'm about to give you is for deciding which breakfast cereal you're going to have in the morning, Cheerios or Lucky Charms. This is not going to be found in scripture, but have really guided me. Over the past 15 years, I've heard variations of these questions from several theologians. So let me share and hear, and for the record, I haven't always asked these questions of myself or made the decisions that I needed to make these past years. Through both positive experiences, as well as lapses in memory for not following, they have helped me discern what does it really mean to show up to the life that God is bringing my way. So let me begin with the first question, often the easiest. Is this permitted by scripture? So if you're considering a decision that violates the principles of scripture, I just tell you right now, that is not what God is calling you to do. So you know some examples from an old nemesis, sex, money, and power. God is not calling you to have an affair or leave your family. You don't need to discern whether God is calling you to cheat people out of money. God is not calling you to bully people. Rather, God is always calling you to be faithful, to be generous, to serve the vulnerable in our community. And if what you're feeling called to do contradicts scripture, you've got to stop right there and don't do it. God will not lead you to violate scripture. The next question is, what am I hearing in prayer? What do I sense the spirit pressing on me while in intimate prayer regarding this decision? You need to pray long and hard, and if you're in a season of discerning. For some of us as mothers with little children, college students, full-time jobs, it can be hard to get along. But we all need that time to connect with God through prayer. Now, there is a danger that you may misinterpret what you think the Spirit is prompting you to do. So I never act on this basis, but I do pay attention to it. And that's not something I'll share with a bunch of people. Telling people that you think God has called you to go do missionary work in East Africa may end up getting a few raised eyebrows. Sometimes it's the craziest thing you've ever thought of and what God is calling you to do, and it can be hard to discern the difference. This leads me to the next. What do people think about this? What do my people think about this? You should ask your friends, your people for help discerning the right next step. Now, we need to be careful with what you hear as advice. We can't give equal to weight, they, what, we can't give equal weight to what they tell us. Some may be too close for them to help you discern what might be a risky next step, and some may be too far away. You know, back when Monique and I were still in Canada and I had just received a job offer from Microsoft, which was a relatively small, unknown tech company at the time, I asked my father, who said, that was a bad idea. Monique's father was in favor and gave his approval. Not sure that maybe he was trying to get rid of us. <laughs> Our best wisdom is to seek the advice of at least three types of people when making a decision, a big decision. First of all, people who really know you well and can help you see the blind spot. 
You know, I was very blessed to have a handful of close friends who I've known for 10, 20 years, Jesus followers. These are people who can tell me pretty quick when I'm off the rails. Second, people who understand the situation that you're trying to, you think you're being called to, like someone who's had that job before, is a believer, has some wisdom, and can offer valuable insights to the implications of the decision. Thinking about moving to California? Hmm, prepared for taxes? And finally, people who are emotionally healthy followers of Jesus who can provide a godly perspective and just help you discern what you think you're hearing. The fourth question is often the most difficult to see, but I like to spend time there, and I like to consider, does God seem to be orchestrating these circumstances? Not, now, not always, but quite often, when I'm facing a big decision, if I take a step back, I can see that God has rearranged the furniture a little bit, and he's clearly leading me somewhere else. There just are signs that you can't miss. The author of Proverbs noted, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Sometimes you lose your joy for something that you've always loved. Sometimes there's something that comes along that deeply resonates with your heart and fills you with joy and energy, and you pay attention to it. We see the signs that God has placed with us. The last question I ask when discerning the next big move is, am I feeling peace? There's a, there's, there's a point where I kind of know what I think we're doing, where I feel confident that this could be what God is having us do. Am I experiencing peace? I have learned myself that I will turn inward, anxious for long periods when discerning big decisions. But having gone through this exercise, there is a peace that brings comfort. The one piece of wisdom I wish to share about discerning your next decisions is to have patience. For some decisions, your answer comes quickly. For others, it takes time. So let me leave you with some questions as you leave here today as you think about God's plan for you and following his will like Abraham followed his. Am I playing small? Am I playing small in my life? Have I lost hope in some dreams that God has placed in my heart? Am I living the life that I have been called to live? And am I sensing change ahead? Discernment of spirits takes on an exciting adventure, windfall, and take risks to follow God's lead, not knowing where we will end up, with the attitudes of openness, generosity, and inner freedom. Life is a lot more fun and exciting than when we try to control everything ourselves. We need to trust God. That God we need to trust that God is not going to lead us off a cliff. It is important that we remember that God is a loving God who wants us to be happy and is going to lead us to a good place where we will find joy, fulfillment, and happiness.
my prayer this morning is that each of us find our individual calling to follow the footsteps that God has laid out for us to find the joy only Jesus can provide. Tyler, will you come up and close us in prayer? Could you say thank you for Lloyd this morning? just uh, appreciate uh, his wisdom and counsel and this is something this is something I wish I would have had like 15 years ago you know I think when I was younger I was really trigger happy when it came to decisions and and uh, not necessarily like seeking the Lord's wisdom or or his clarity or what he wanted Um, and so this is just great like I hope these I hope this blessed you I hope these questions blessed you as you think through the big decisions in your life and and what I want to do just as we close is to pray over those those decisions. Maybe you today feel like you're at like a crossroads or you have decisions to make or or you feel like you're playing small or whatever it is. Like I, I wanna I wanna pray for that however you felt challenged. There's a lot of probing questions here, and so I would just encourage you to take a minute and reflect on that and really ask God, God, what are you what are you calling me to do? Slow down. Sometimes when we when we reach uh, these points where we have to make big decisions, we get so excited, we just steamroll the whole thing when God might just be asking you to slow down and, and, and uh, like figure out what's going on in here and in here and, and, and just spend time before him. So, uh, so I want to pray for that this morning. Lord God, I pray that you would make us uh, discerning people. Lord, I pray that for everyone in this room that you would make us more sensitive to your spirit. God, that you'd make us more sensitive to uh, what you want to do with our lives, God, that, it, that we know that when you write the story, it's, it's beautiful, God. So, Lord, if we're in the way of that, God, if, if, if we're objecting to the story you want to write, I pray that you would just help us to surrender. Um, Lord, I pray that you would help us to have peace in, in, in our direction in life, to know what you're calling us to, to know how you're leading us, to know who we are, God. So much of this discernment comes through knowing more who you've created us to be, uh, what our spiritual gifts are, God, who we are in Christ. What are the, what are the passions of our heart? What, are the, what is the work of our hands that you've called us to do? What have you given us, God, that you want to use to advance your kingdom? So, Lord, I pray more than anything else that you would make the kingdom of God the purpose of our heart. Uh, Lord, your kingdom... Is, is your kingdom and in your about spreading your kingdom and your rule and your reign throughout the whole earth and you use us the church to accomplish that so lord i pray that you would use us lord make us open to your move help us not to resist your move but to be open to that that move and lord if we feel unsettled if we feel like something is 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 missing or, or we don't have that peace i pray that you would uh, speak to us, God. Help us to take that step. I love that quote about not seeing the whole staircase, but just being willing to take the first step, God. Help us surrender the staircase to you and just take that take that step, God. So, Lord, just I pray that you would grow discernment in your people. I pray that you would uh, help us to practice that. Help us to slow down. Help us to, to follow you with all our heart all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. God, and and give us direction and peace as, as we close today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, well Ricky's, uh, Ricky and Johnny are going to close us in prayer, or close us in worship. Um, we have a prayer corner over here. If you need prayer this morning, we'd love to pray with you. But um, thank you for being here. God bless. Let's stand and close in worship this morning. <laughs>